Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pate. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we are covering episode one of season four, titled Joe Takes a Holiday. European holiday. I feel like we've yes. been we've been on a little bit of a holiday. We have. <laughs> <laughs> a little it's been bit. A little bit. It has been a little bit. It's so we were just chatting before we hit record and we were just saying, you know, how great it is to be um back recording with you. I've missed chatting with you on a weekly basis, so I'm really happy to be back. Um Yeah happy to be back on Strange Indeed. I know that you and Daphne have have kept it going on Run For Your Life, so you've still been busy podcasting. Mm -hmm. I've been on um, The Last of Us um, with Jason and Eric uh, and Ben and Lucy's also there. I haven't had a chance to podcast with Lucy because the time difference um, and schedules don't align, but she's also on there and um, everyone is just lovely. So um, that's been fun. So that's been um, incredible. The the you guys podcasting and just the show itself. Like the show's oh amazing. my god. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I I'll I'll probably say that often while while we're on here because I and it's not even like I mean, obviously I want to promote the podcast, right? Because um I think that everyone is doing a really great job, but I mean, really the show is absolutely fantastic. So I'm yes. sure I'll sound like a broken record promoting for everyone to watch that show. It is mm-hmm. so darn good. Um, so, so yeah, so we've, we've still been busy, but we haven't had a chance to record together since we wrapped Midnight Mass. What was that in December? Right for mm-hmm. Christmas, I feel like. Um, so we had yeah. a little bit of an extended break. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had initially said, and, uh, that we were going to cover Mayfair Witches on AMC because it has been a, like, I've been passionate about the books since like forever. And I know I've said that a couple of times. Um, but, I had watched that first show um, a couple of days early. I think it was on AMC Plus. So I'd watched that show um, early and was extremely disappointed. 
Um, I know I posted about it on our social media, but I know some folks don't really follow our social media. So folks that might have been listening to the podcast, thinking that we were going to do Mayfair Witches, and then it it came and went, or <laughs> it's still on, yeah. but like it, it 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 aired, and then they're like, "Oh, we're strange indeed." Um, the show was um for me very disappointing and did not live up to um what I had expected. And I I know it's kind of dangerous to sometimes have those expectations, but yeah. For me, it just wasn't good, and I, I've continued to watch it, even though I'm not re- um, uh, recording on it, or you know, we're not podcasting on it. It is still not gotten, uh, in my opinion, very good. So I feel like we made the right decision to not record it, at least if I'm not passionate about it or not enjoying it, then I'm not going to do anyone any favors uh, by you know having uh, such a negative opinion of it. Week. Right. My week. <laughs> so that is why we did not cover Mayfair, which is um, we knew that you was coming up soon after. So we thought, you know, that is um, a show we, we, we've we covered since season one and thought we would just come back for that one. So here we yes. are. <laughs> Worked out. Got a little bit of a break and then yeah. you, you, you coming around. And honestly, I'm super excited to be back and covering it like. I didn't realize I missed this show as much as I did, but I will tell you the first watch of this first episode when it, you know, was watching it for the first time back in, I was so damn giddy. Yeah. I don't even know. Like I was just like with like, you know, and we'll talk about a a lot of things in like different points, but just like the classic things that make you the, the snarky, sarcastic inner monologues, the social satire, the, just kind of weird, crazy turns and twists and things that you just like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but I'm so invested anyway. Yes. It's, it's, it's classic you back in form. And for some reason, like I'm just like laughing out loud at several moments of this episode. I was so happy to be watching this show again. I didn't realize I missed it as much as I did. You and me both, you and me both. I wasn't sure about this last uh, season, knowing that it was coming back. I was like, you know, I'm not sure how much steam is left in the show, you know, mm-hmm. and what what more can they do? Like, they're going to have to do something a little different, right? Because it's yeah. it's been kind of almost the same thing every season. And I'm like, it's been fun. It's been great. We've had a great time talking about it, but they've got to do something a little different. And I I, and I don't want to go too far into it. I think that they are with this season, so that yeah. that makes me happy. But yeah, I'm right there with you. It was good to be back and you know seeing what Joe is, is up to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and it and it, it didn't disappoint. It it had all the like you said very classic um, elements that make you what it is and funny and unique and um, so yeah happy happy to be back with this one and just in time i knew we we'd waited for so long to see whenever it was going to premiere and i i I was like it's got to be like around valentine's day it has to be (laughs) around close to valentine's day and sure enough you know we're almost at valentine's day it makes sense absolutely perfect you know because joe is just obsessed with finding you know his his you so Mm -hmm. so yeah um well I, i i know we've talked a little bit about this season already and being excited to be back um i think we could probably go ahead and jump in do you mind if i go first this week go for it yeah awesome i i wanted to start out just my first point um to just kind of go over a recap because mm-hmm. i know i'll i'll be straight up i didn't rewatch or binge any of the the series or even season three um i did a quick recap 
Cause I was yeah, like, I watched like a 15 minute, like recap video on YouTube. And then the show itself had like a recap section at the beginning of the episode. And so those yes. two together, I was like, all right, cool. I'm caught up. I'm good. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was helpful. So for anyone who didn't or missed the recap, cause I think they gave an option to skip it, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah. some folks, you know, you kind of get in that habit of just skipping through intros or skipping through. So if, if you missed it, I thought we'd kind of give a, a quick recap because I know it helps me. Because it's been a hot minute since we've mm-hmm. um, left Joe and, um, you know, kind of left him there in season three and what happened. So some things to remember um, as we go into season four and get started with this new season was Joe loved love, but then love killed Candace. Now that was going back a little bit. Uh, then love got pregnant. Joe and love got married and had baby Henry, who was so cute. Um mm-hmm. While they were working on their marriage, because clearly there's issues there between, <laughs> between Joe and Love, the two psychopaths, yeah. Joe has a realization that Love might not be his you and starts quickly fixating on their neighbor, Natalie. And of course, in a rage, Love kills her. <laughs> well, then, of course, Joe has to have a new obsession and finds Marianne. Um, she is the one. Uh, love warns Marianne about Joe because, hey, Love ha- finally had this light bulb moment about Joe, and Marianne gets the hell out of Dodge. Uh, love decides if she can't have Joe, then no one can. So she tries to poison him, uh, but Joe, you know, he's always like ahead of the game, right? And he kills Love with that same poison. He escapes by chopping off some toes. Ick. Um, Fakes his own death, burns their house down, and leaves little baby Henry with a loving family. And honestly, that's probably the best thing that Joe could have ever done. The the yeah. like least selfish thing <laughs> Joe has <Yeah. laughs> probably ever done, thinking of someone other than himself. Um, and then when we last left Joe there at the end of season three, he uh, was in Paris looking for Marianne. And then that is where our story picks up. So yeah. I, I I love that. I love the little recap. Um, I love remembering some of those details because there was a lot. There's a lot more to it, of course, that oh, yeah. that happened in that season. And we had a great time talking about it. But, you know, those are just the highlights of kind of how we got to where where we are. So. What's what's your first point? All right. Um, let's see. I, 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 <laughs> I'm going to pick this one uh, just because you said, you know, we needed something different mm-hmm. for this season. I feel like, you know, they need to shake things up and go a different direction a little bit. And boy, did they ever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this point uh, is, uh oh, there's been a murder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In this show? Which, <laughs> what? Uh, but I love that reveal because on the first watch, my reaction was so fun, I think, to myself because I was almost kind of that same reaction as Joe. Because, you know, we get him uh, waking up after this night at the sundry house and he gets up and he makes some coffee or tea or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then as he's just walking past the kitchen, he realizes that. Malcolm is dead on the table with a knife stuck in his chest. And it's just like this, like you see it come into frame and behind and like out loud on my first watch. I really went, Oh fuck, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) lasted that long. All right, cool. Um, (laughs) And even as that same thing where he just like stops 
And before he like reacts to it, he just takes that moment. You can see it setting in and like, damn it. <laughs> like I was doing so good. What happened? On such a good streak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since he was just blasted the night before, I mean, he, at that point he didn't remember anything and he had every reason and you know, every reason to believe that he had done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be honest. I kind of figured he didn't or they would have showed him doing it. Even on that first watch, I was right. like, I was like, I, I was questioning it right from the start. I was like, I feel like this could go in a certain direction. And I was hoping that he wouldn't because it would lead to this different direction, which it ended up going in, which I'm so excited for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a murder mystery whodunit storyline of the season. And I am so excited for that. I think that is exactly something new and creative that I am excited to see. I would have never like if I'm pitching, what's what's a fresh idea for you that I wouldn't have come up with murder mystery who's the who's the murderer and it's not joe i probably would have not come up to that conclusion pretty quickly but i'm glad that's the direction they went i was like that's brilliant and i'm so excited for it i totally agree um that's actually one of my points too um because like we were just talking about you know it's like you know i don't want another season of joe you know Still, like, we know he's still obsessed over Marianne. That's where we left season three. And, you know, we we get some flashbacks, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And it seems to be who he's still talking to, um, his internal monologues. You know, he's still talking mm-hmm. to her. Um, and I'm like, I'm... I just need it to be something else. I need, I need a, a, a fresh twist. And I'm really pleased with it. You know, that Joe is now the one being stalked, you know? Yeah. And, and I love that. And, you know, I I like this change up where he's getting creepy notes from someone and he doesn't have any idea who it is. I don't have any idea who it is. Yeah, I've I've got some ideas. We'll talk about those kind of. Yeah, later, I'm sure. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's interesting. And you're already setting up these little things like you when he's examining the body of Malcolm and there's a missing finger and you're like, well, that's definitely going to be a piece of this puzzle that's going to come yeah, back. That's not point. good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, somebody killed Malcolm and tried to frame Joe because it really wasn't just like a they knew who he was. Mm-hmm. But it's almost it seems like they were somebody didn't like Joe or Jonathan um, right from the get or something and then just decided, well, I'm just going to kill Malcolm because I can't stand Malcolm and then I'll pin it on this annoying American guy that just showed up. Uh, right. Not realizing that that Joe was capable of what he was. And yeah, so I I love that premise a lot. And then, of course, him taking care of the problem led to, uh, you know, dismembering a body set to Cardi B, which I can't say that was on my bingo card for this show. Uh, Neither was a full shot of a dead guy's dick. So, you know, two for two on surprise bingo card entrance that I never thought I would have. But uh (laughs) I'm there with you. I'm right there. Yeah, I. I don't think I, I know. I remember seeing that, and I was like, I don't think we've had full frontal in this show before. I don't think so. I think that was the first so, time, and it yeah, I was it like, okay. really came at you out of nowhere. <laughs> You're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> they they went there, and it lingered yeah. for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that at all, and and then I was like, the, as the show continues, and I was just like, because I was just like, whoa. Was not expecting that, and then I was like, "Gosh, have we ever had full frontal in in this show before?" I know Netflix has done it. I've I've yeah. seen another show that definitely did not shy away from from the nudity. 
but uh hadn't seen it in here. Yeah. So it's the first time for you. Was, that's probably yeah, what kept it on for another season. Netflix keeps <laughs> shows left and right. That's probably why they were like, but but wait, you know, we <laughs> <laughs> we've got something in our back pocket you're you're gonna love to see. Right. Um, <laughs> keep, hang on. Keep us on for one more season. We got we got something uh. interesting. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's kind of just the first point is I'm super stoked, honestly, for this murder mystery premise of the season. And I hope that it's not resolved super quickly. Like, I really hope it is the through line and like of the whole season and we get a good mystery out of this. I do, too. And I like the setting of because um, it were just I don't know. I'm thinking of Clue like and not the yeah. movie. The, I, th- I think the movie was OK, but I always enjoyed playing that game whenever I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Loved Clue. Begged all my cousins and stuff to to play that with me because i thought it was so fun so you know and i think it's just like the the cool setup of all of these you know interesting characters that we were introduced to that i again i i don't know who who it is and like this is one of my points too so i'll just go ahead and, and chime in but it's interesting that he gets this anonymous message from an app that he didn't install himself uh, mm-hmm. And it's one of those. I don't know if anything like that exists. It reminds me of like sort of like Snapchat, but a little bit more mysterious, where the yeah. messages like disappear. Uh, I don't even know if that happens with Snapchat anymore because I don't use that. I guess I'm too old for that app anymore. <laughs> but um, I know that it's changed a little since it was first, uh, you know, brought brought up and kids were using it. Um, but apparently, this person has been watching him because they know. I guess that he got rid of the body, but I don't. But I don't know if they know how. They didn't quite go into that context or not. But you know, it sounds like they. I mean, obviously, they they're just thinking he's this Jonathan Moore, this professor, um, this new American introduced to the group because it has to be somebody in that new group, right? It has to yeah. be someone in that circle. Um, and they're just like, yeah, he's not really one of us. We can just pin it on him, right? Yeah. Um. But obviously not knowing who he who he really is and that Joe has skills of (laughs) on how to dispose of a body. And it was interesting to see Joe's face when he realized, oh, I didn't kill Malcolm. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Up until that point, he thought he still had. (laughs) So it's interesting to look at all of these faces and to know that, I mean, these are. I don't know. You would think that people who have money would have means to like, why would they just leave it to him to like take the rap for it for him? Why would they not have, you know, they got money. Why would they not have a way to have someone help them? Just, I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, I just, I feel like money solves problems. So, (laughs) you know, like you, (laughs) you've got someone on speed dial that you can pay to help take care of this for you or something you know a, fi- right. a fixer you know is what i'm thinking of um so i don't know i'm really interested to find out find out who and like i said i don't have a clue yeah i mean i've got some suspicions and stuff but i don't really have yeah. a clue out, so far out of um the people that we've met because most of them sound pretty terrible so yeah i don't know who who it could be yet but yeah i like the twist i like the twist i'm glad we're, we're getting something a little different um, that Joe has like a real problem to deal with, not just the next person he's stalking um, yeah. and obsessed about that. You know, now he's um, maybe has a little, little competition, maybe someone on his level. 
So anyway, yeah. that was um, my next point as well. And you said a lot of a lot of great things, and I just added what little I had left. So um, go ahead. All right. So for my next, uh, you know, and I'm I'm with you. I have no actual clue who it is, but I said I do have some thoughts. Um, so anyway, my my next point, I just want to talk about Reese Montrose. Uh, <laughs> interesting character. They're all very interesting characters. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of them, but yeah, but yeah, the, the, he seems to play a pretty big part. Uh, and we first hear of him at the beginning of the episode where one of Joe's students hands him Reese's memoir because he's like a local writer and he's got a lot of great personal and political views and all of these things. And he's just kind of a well-liked individual with a very interesting story. And so Joe actually ends up taking the book home and reading it and loves it. Like he's actually a really big fan of this guy's book. Which considering and, Joe yeah. is like, <laughs> right. you know, cause he's, he's, he can be so snobbish about like, yeah. what he reads. So <laughs> coming from Joe, that's high praise. Yeah. Especially a book about a guy who writes about becoming rich and successful. Like you would think that's so not up Joe's alley, but exactly. He just, because of the, the guy's childhood and past that he connected with him enough to where you know, he liked that. And then I guess he just really enjoyed his writing style and, and a lot of the things that he had to say. Uh, so then when we're at this party at Sundry House, he meets Reese Montrose. And it's funny because he's a little drunk. So he kind of has that fanboy moment for a second. He has to reel himself back. He's like, good book. Um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. And I like how he's just like that inner monologue. So I was like, I don't hate him yet. Uh, you know, it's like, it's the first real conversation I've had tonight. You know, he's just mm -hmm. kindred spirits with this guy and he's actually liking him. But then that's where I start questioning, are they maybe more alike than even he knows? Dun, dun, dun. Mystery. Yes. Um, and honestly, it's just because of their conversation, especially we get the conversation where Joe goes back to the uh, Sundry House to return Adam's coat. And Reese is sitting there at the bar. And so he has this conversation with him in a part in the pun that relates to both characters. But Reese kind of just reads him like a book, right? Mm -hmm. um, he, he calls him out for having this hellish life. When he says is the kind not everyone survives, that he's deeply damaged and capable of doing real damage. And Joe just admits it. He's like, he's kind of enamored with the guy where he's like, yeah, no, you've, you've, got me pinned down pretty well and this kind of this whole they're talking about redemption and like you being capable of doing horrible things but still can you redeem yourself through action and there's just all these little like crumbs that they're leaving mm -hmm. to where you kind of end the episode with reese being kind of the prime suspect but it also seems kind of obvious so i'm hoping it's a misdirect and it's not reese me too, <laughs> me too. Yeah, I I like this character Reese, and because he's been kind of eh, he's one of my points too. So I'll just add add to what you're saying, um, or add my thoughts. I'm hoping it's a bit of a misdirect, and I am, but I am also kind of suspicious of him, just a little anyway. Mm -hmm. But I really like how they clicked because, yeah. especially in this group where. We know Joe has like really dislikes rich people. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's not made any secret of that at all. Um, and it's funny how 
his inner monologue is always about how disgusted he is with with rich people or entitled people but it's like no matter where he goes whether he's in new york la madra linda now he's in london he always somehow gets ingratiated into a mix of rich people and i'm like do you right. really hate him as much as what you say because you right. always find yourself you know mixed up with mm-hmm. a group of rich people um but i'm i'm fascinated by him i liked the chemistry that they had they really had a connection and i i'm i'm almost like maybe they have more of a connection than just, you know, a platonic. I don't know. I wouldn't be mad about mm-hmm. that if, um, you know, it got... Yeah. Maybe some of the stuff awoken in him last season with the Conrads, and now he's like, well, maybe. You know, he said, I, I'm pretty sure we heard him say, and maybe it was last season, that he's open to something. Now, whether or not that was just, uh-huh. you know, for his, you know, marriage or whatever at the time, but right. it sounded like he might be open so I don't know, but he they really did have this chemistry that I found really interesting. And it's interesting, you know, that he they can somehow relate because of their backgrounds, you know, not uh, coming from nothing and single moms and shit childhood. And, you know, they kind of see each other like, oh, we're kind of, you know, yeah, he might be rich and have money because then he found out later in life you know he's the son of some duke or whatever so now he's got you know privilege uh but he still remembers i guess where or at least what i'm seeing anyway now whether or not it's really true but it seems like he he kind of remembers where he he comes from because he was almost looking at some of them with disdain too right when they're sitting there talking at the parties like oh look at him just you know the world is burning and they're partying you know um Mm. So it was kind of interesting, and I thought it was interesting how he talked about how one, you know, that one section in this book was, um, you know, he kind of left some things out, or it was a little bit, you know, um, not quite truthful, but he left some of it out because it was like, well, it'd be kind of redundant. Um, so I don't know, but it's interesting that um, none of that raised red flag to Joe at all, you know? Yeah. Who, because I think that he's looking to him for redemption we know joe's seems to be looking for redemption here and i think he's looking to reese to kind of figure out figure that out um and how to do that Mm -hmm. yeah so it was interesting to see their bond and uh yeah where that goes but yeah i don't know i kind of like him out of all the ones that we've met so far um i don't know maybe some of them will grow on me you know sometimes um <laughs> gosh we have some characters in season three that i was just like oh gosh these <laughs> right. they're terrible and then like by the end of the season i was like i love them <laughs> you know so i mean i don't know maybe we'll have yeah. something like that but um so far i like him he's one of my favorites yeah this show is good about bringing these like ridiculous caricature of a person like into the show and you're like oh god here we go and then you do kind of fall in love with them a little bit i mean 40 is the best Best uh, you know example the best example of that for sure because i mean yeah when season two and 40 first shows up you're like this douchebag and then by the end you're like devastated for him yeah you really just like it it, it is like because i was like you know the first couple episodes you see him get this guy off my screen he's annoying as hell oh my god and by the end of that season i'm like if anybody hurts or touches 40 i will cry and i will i will hurt you back don't you dare touch my sweet baby yes so uh, yeah he's a great example (laughs) you know we oh gosh i I hated him so much the first couple of episodes and then he turned out to be one of my favorites 
the Conrads are a good example too. You know, yeah. oh my gosh, detested them, and uh, yeah, they they turned out to be really great characters by the end. So I don't know. I'm expecting that to probably happen again for at least one a couple of the characters anyway that we've yeah. been int- introduced to this whole new uh, group group of people. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, Reese was also one of my points I added to that already. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested to learn more about him for sure. Um, do you want to go into your next point? All right. Uh, my next one is just one of my favorite things about this show that I was glad to have back is, uh, Joe's inner voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so really, this one's just a way for me to do some quotes. Oh, I love it when you do the quotes. <laughs> kind of, you do yeah, so good. Uh, but man, because there's some fun moments. You know, because I did, I missed his sarcastic, seething inner monologues. Uh, immediately, we see Malcolm gets under his skin, you know, where he's just like, this really is the perfect European vacation. It's got this and this and that. And then, you know, Jonathan! And you're like, and this douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... <laughs> I was like immediately like, Oh God. Yeah. Uh, but again, just some of those, he's so funny. And that's what I really like about that. The one is my first thought when I saw my neighborhood was I'm in a Hugh Grant movie. And I, I chuckled pretty hard, honestly, because if it wasn't spot on, like as he says that I'm looking, I was like, no, I can picture him going door to door, knocking, you know, in love actually at on these, at these houses, on these doors. Yes. So I was like, yeah, no, like <laughs> beautiful neighborhood. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, he's trying to convince himself that he's not even remotely interested in Kate as he just keeps staring at her and watching her. Uh, and so he returns a couple times to this, not my circus, not my monkeys. Uh, <laughs> as he's running towards the circus. <laughs> Fuck. Not my circus, not my monkeys, not my circus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, you're, you're trying to fool yourself, Joe, but not us. We're not, you know, we're not buying mm-hmm. it. The viewers here, no. Uh, especially with in the way he just justifies things, like he says something in a way that, like, oh yeah, that's a wise thing, and then you're like, no, that's you're just pulling that out of nowhere. That's not a thing. Like where he goes, you know, the best way to stay out of someone's business is to know what that business <laughs> is. It's like, no, that's, that's not, that's not what that exactly is at all. <laughs> that's a weird saying you came up with just so you could justify creeping on Kate and doing what uh-huh. you do, where you look up everything there is to know about her and every single person she associates yes. with. And you're like, it's not because I'm obsessing with her. It's because I'm doing research. So I know to not get involved with these things. I don't. It's, it's it's a flimsy argument. It only Joe. makes sense to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, he, as much as he is interested in Kate, he does. He's really trying to pull himself back. He's fighting against himself in this episode. You know, like, you know, he'd start and he's no, no, no. You know, and he's trying to pull himself away. And I do. I did pick up on these, you know, you monologues where he's talking to Marianne. That's Marianne is mm-hmm. you. And Kate is always her. Oh, that's so there right. Is, there still is a separation in yeah. his mind. That's true. I, I I picked up on that. I'm like, oh, he says her. Marianne mm-hmm. is you. Oh, yeah, that's good. When you call that out, it, it it's like a little bit of a light bulb moment. So he's not quite obsessed with her yet, but he, he can't help himself. If he sees open windows. Right. <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> And I was like, do they not? Do they not think to invest in some curtains over there? I don't. Well, it, I did love that 
it felt like the uh, writers have been reading or hearing the watchers of the show because um, what did he say? And I'm paraphrasing because I, I don't have the quote in front of me when he's in front of the stove making his coffee. And he says something about mm -hmm. um, about them pulling the curtains or not pulling the curtains closed or something. And I was like, oh, I feel like we've... Mm -hmm you know, us here, and then all the watchers are like, why can't people just seem to close their curtains right. or close their mini blinds? You know, people can see you. Um, so it, it felt right. like a little bit of a nod to everyone who's like, just close yeah. your curtains. Yeah. So, so a lot of just like those little things. But then, of course, I, I'll pick out a couple other little quotes that I liked. Uh, really just two more that were like my favorite favorites. Uh, uh, when he's meeting the Sioux siblings <laughs> and uh, he introduced himself to them and stuff. He goes, Oh, American, are we? And Simon goes, careful. They all have guns. And just hit immediately in his head. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. Uh -huh. me up. Um, and then the other one that really like got me really good. Made me laugh is uh, when he's, dragging malcolm's body in the carpet out to the car and the, fuck he's heavy fuck this fucking carpet fuck my life and i laughed pretty hard again because i remember really enjoying a similar line last season uh when having to dispose of natalie and he went on this whole fuck, fuck, yes, fuck tirade with the trash bags and stuff yeah and especially mad because he was cleaning up after yeah. love like just so pissed at yeah. her you know yeah to clean up your mess you know so uh, good. And so it, it cracked me up because it made me think of that scene from last season where he's sitting here dragging this carpet, just F-bombing all over the place again because he's frustrated because he's like, I didn't want this to be what I was doing today. Like, this is not what was planned. So good. <laughs> yeah. That, that's one of the, the great things about this show is Joe's internal dialogue. It's yes. so funny. <laughs> uh, he's got, got great one-liners and... It brings me joy, his, his um, sarcasm and being snarky. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So yeah, so that'll be my point. Just point out, yeah, some of just the return of that inner voice oh, that I love it. so much. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, that kind of leads me into my next point, um, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, is, you know, and, and we've talked about it a, a little bit on this podcast um, with Joe's internal dialogue, because he he lies to himself, you know, a lot, mm -hmm. and that 
for me in this so far in this episode is peak delusional with Joe whenever (laughs) (laughs) he is completely gobsmacked at why Marianne is not happy to see him. Right. <laughs> like, um, it was like, there's the sociopath that we all know. Yes, about, right. There yeah, he is. It, it just, I feel like really reached a, a peak point. Um, yeah. Because he shows up at some random art festival in Paris. Uh, and he, he finds a way, like he finds Marion's art, finds out where she's at. He shows up and reveals himself. I mean, his hat of his in, invisibility was, was back, um, yeah. his old reliable. Um, and he removes his hat and reveals himself to her. She freaks out because he's supposedly murdered. Like, he, he's supposed to have been dead. And so she runs. He's chasing her through right. some alleys, um, corners her in an abandoned building. And then he's like, why are you happy to see me? <laughs> right. Dude. It's like, well, maybe it's the whole that you were supposed to be dead and you murdered my ex-husband and you murdered your wife and your wife warned me that you were a murderer. And now you've followed me to the entire, like, other side of the world and you're just here and then you chased me like it's pretty obvious to me that you're trying to murder me now (laughs) yeah but he doesn't he doesn't get that at all it's like dude you're supposed to be dead and so of course she puts it together like if you're not dead then that means love is and then that means you killed her and she really believed you know love when she told her that he killed your ex, you know, which I know Marianne mm-hmm. didn't have any, like clearly her and her ex had huge issues and he was trying to, to take her daughter away. and was causing her all kinds of problems. Uh, but I mean, she didn't want him dead. It wasn't like they were in a relationship, but I mean, she wasn't looking for, for him to be dead or for what, you know, Joe did to him to happen. Um, so and I think that Joe was banking on Marianne not believing love, like not believing the things that she was saying, um, and that somehow they could have been together. Um, so it was just for me, it, and I can laugh because it's a work of fiction and it's not real, but I'm just <laughs> sitting, I'm kind of laughing like, why are you so surprised that she's freaking out about you you finding her <laughs> and cornering her? And she was totally dumb, by the way, for running into an empty building. I mean, why w- would you not want to stay yeah. in a public place? I think she would have been better being right there where she was. Right. It looked very busy, that art fair that she was at. You go into like a crowded restaurant or yeah, something. Yeah, if you want to run, <laughs> okay, and try to get away and hide, but you don't want to go hide and try to get away from him in an abandoned building. Go, yeah, like I said, to a restaurant, somewhere busy, somewhere where there's people, go to public. Um, so not super smart on her end, but still, the fact that he was so um, surprised to when she's freaking out and she pulls a knife on him and stuff. Um, and, I, and Penn Badgley is so great. You know, I don't think he really got to show his range much in Gossip Girl because I I watched that back in the day uh, whenever it was on and he Mm -hmm. played Dan Humphrey. Um, We didn't get to see it as much in that show. So I I didn't really appreciate him in that show uh, very much. But 
in you, he's really shown, I think, some of his acting skills because he really played that so well in these scenes with Marianne because his facial expressions were just so on, on point. He was like genuinely shocked. <laughs> um, and you could just see that on his face when, you know, she's like freaking out and, uh, you know, like, why are you here? And she's putting all the pieces together when she's seeing him. Right. Um, so kudos to Penn Badgley, you know, for um, his acting skills and his facial expressions and how he can go from like loving to then shocked and thinking that she's just going to fall in his arms or something that they can be together again. So I just love the never ending delusion of Joe. That's right. to me um, <laughs> a big part of the show as much as his inner dialogue. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So what's your next point? Um, mine's connected there. Cause that one is kind of a part of the next one, which is the flashbacks mm-hmm. we get through this episode. Uh, and I, I liked the way that they did it because yeah, as you did, you mentioned in your kind of recap off the beginning is we ended last season with him in Paris. And so when this season picks up and he's in London, you're like, hang on, wait a yeah. minute. What's, what's going on? Why is he here? And so I like, then they go back and put the pieces that well. together. Uh, and so, yeah, he goes to Paris as we see him and he's searching these art areas for Marianne, finds one of her paintings. And then while talking to the seller, finds out that she's in London for another art fair. I like that. And he picks up, he goes, I love this artist. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, that meaning is deeper than the she seller really no realizes. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, and it's fun. The next time we see another flashback, it's actually triggered by while he's at the party and lady Phoebe asks him about, you know, if a, there was a woman, did she break your heart? And then he's almost like, almost like, well, as he like looks up into the corner and he's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so he like as you mentioned, he finds Marianne, tries to approach her, and she runs off, understandably, because she's terrified of him appearing here after mm-hmm. everything that's happened. And then I was like, why would you chase her? That doesn't help the whole she thinks you're trying to kill her. Uh especially when, yeah, you corner her in an abandoned building, like you said, and like slam her arm against a wall to disarm her and and then in that with yeah, I thought you'd be happy to see me, like you said. And I was like, man, uh Joe. He's like, you don't see how insane this is? Like, I just did some light murdering several times. It's no big deal, you know. Uh, but I <laughs> do re- uh, I'm glad that he did realize the right thing was to let her go. Yeah. And and then that be kind of becomes this, and he says, I'm I'll prove you wrong. I'll show you by leaving you alone. And then that sets him on this kind of arc we mentioned earlier, where he's he is on this journey for redemption. And I'm sure there's still some delusion in him that's like, and then Marion will see that I've changed and then she'll come running back to me. But, you know, I guess whatever it takes, right? Baby yeah, steps. I don't um, know how in the world that would ever be possible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever works. Uh, and then the other part of it that's really interesting is we find out that, yeah, uh, it's the Quinn family hitman that gave him his new identity as Jonathan Moore. That he was sent to find and kill Joe. Uh, I guess Love's dad assumed he did something like this <laughs> to send <laughs> him, at, you know, a hitman to find Joe after whatever happened. He wasn't buying that story. Uh, but then, yeah, the interesting little twist there is instead, uh, Elliot, the hitman, offers to help Joe because he wants out of the business. So if you pay more than Ray does, then you're clear with a fresh start. 
but before you're off to making better choices, I need you to make one last kill because Marion Marion knows that you're still alive. So uh, you know, take her out, and then you're free. Joe does follow her to the train station, but he doesn't kill her. As we see, he steals the locket necklace to use as his proof that uh, he he took care of her. Which we see him holding that uh, locket early mm-hmm. in the episode yeah, too. Yeah, so they nice to put that. They together. put that together. Yeah. Is why he has it. Yeah, uh, there was a fun little thing I noticed is after he nabs the necklace and then, you know, we see him sitting on a bench behind a newspaper making sure she gets on the train and you see like like the main headline on the front of that newspaper was, it was something about Lady Phoebe. No uh, way, I didn't pay any attention at all. So That's I thought funny. that was fun. Uh, That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of all the flashbacks we get, but it did make me wonder, because I think Marion is not, we're not done with Marion this season. Her story is not done. And so I'm wondering, how do we, how do we get her back? And I think what's going to happen is I think that photo of that locket's not going to be enough. I think Elliot's going to find out that Marion is still alive and that's going to become an issue. And Joe's going to have to go back and deal with him. (laughs) I think you're right. I because I thought no way is this like. I mean, obviously we didn't get a lot of history on this guy that found Joe, um, but I don't see how a photo of this necklace. It seems like f- uh, flimsy evidence that he's actually killed Marianne. Yeah. And it, I was like, there's just no way it's going to come back because in the world of today with social media unless she completely just disappeared again and went completely dark i mean she's got a daughter uh wouldn't that and then she said that she was with a ba- or that she was with a babysitter so if if she was really dead if joe had really killed her and she was dead then she would have been reported at least by the babysitter who was taking care yeah. of her daughter uh and then you've got like social media if she if you know if she's posting anything on any social media right. like if he follows up on any of that just to say well why would he believe joe actually did it especially just you know knowing who joe is and i don't know maybe he just doesn't care but i feel like it i feel like you're right that it's going to come back and bite him i don't think that we've completely wrapped the story there with marianne that's gonna either that guy's gonna come back yeah. around marianne's gonna come back around or somehow it's, she's going to come back into the story i think you're totally right about that because it's just yeah to me that was flimsy evidence that he had actually killed her um and i just think in today's world you know he's going to be looking for either a report or checking her socials um or some kind of evidence that she's not still alive and why because why would you trust joe yeah. to actually do it you know i mean look mm-hmm. at who he is you know he's not exactly the most trustworthy right <laughs> person so so yeah i think you're totally right really good point really good yeah i I liked hearing because yeah i was confused too i was like wait a minute he was in paris why are we in london you know we're we're missing a piece there so i'm i'm glad and i think they did it really well sometimes i worry about when they do flashbacks you know um having it blend into the story and making it feel kind of natural and i think that they did a good job with that yeah um you know i think at this i don't know if i have any other main points i know i've got some notes but i'm i did want to ask you because everything that you were just talking about you know with this him letting her go and wanting to be redeemed he's having these conversations with reese you know can you be redeemed you know uh, and what's the path to this redemption 
you know, do you, do you think that can actually happen? I mean, I don't think it actually can, but I mean, do you think that can actually happen for Joe? Can he be redeemed? Do you think he can actually stick to like not going back to his old ways? I mean, cause I feel like Joe can't really like, he, he cannot be among people. He just, he's a psychopath right? Um, or sociopath. One of those, but I, yeah, I, I think along the lines of some other, uh, shows that we both really enjoy that I'm not going to name specifically for spoiler <laughs> sake if people haven't seen them. But for certain characters like this, I think the only way you really redeem them, how he's redeemed, is that he owns up to his sins, which probably means life mm. in prison. And if that's how this series ends, then then maybe. But I don't I don't see him just living a life and being happy, free go lucky, and really really being redeemed okay yeah that makes sense and i think that's kind of what reese was telling him too was like you know you've got to embrace you know all all of your your faults your sins in order to be redeemed and i don't know that joe's capable of that because he he lies to himself about everything that he does and tries to like justify what what he's done you know when marianne said you know, you you killed Ryan, and he's like, he was trying to steal your child. <laughs> you know, he's he's finding these ways <laughs> to like justify his actions. You know, trying to you know rationalize, yeah. you know, ending someone's life. You know, uh, well, they were doing this, they were doing that. You know, I mean, um, so he's he's always telling himself these lies, trying to find a way to rationalize it and make sense. He doesn't want to, you know, I don't think that he's. I don't know, maybe it'll be different this season or something, but I just don't know that he's capable of that. But it, it sounds like he is looking for that. I just don't know if he's capable of it um, or if he's even worthy right. of it. Like, would he even be worthy of redemption? Joe's yeah. done a lot of terrible things. You know? Yeah. Does he deserve redemption and to just yeah, continue that's... walking, like you said, happy-go-lucky out into the world? Right, because like, yeah, have some of his victims been bad people who have done bad things? Sure. Like Dexter. But most of them <laughs> have been, yeah. But, but yeah, but like, but most of Joe's victims over the course of this show have been maybe not the greatest people, but not right. criminals by like any means. They didn't means. deserve to die. Like, they're no, they were decent human beings living regular lives, not really you know, doing that much harm to society. Maybe they were douchebags. Maybe they were, you know, not the greatest people, like I said, but but that's right. not a death Yeah, sentence, it's not a crime, know? unfortunately, to be an asshole or a douchebag. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there, it's not, you can't, you can't be like, you know, the person that determines that they mm. can no longer continue on in this earth or on this earth if, uh, you know, just because of, because of that and because Joe determines it. Yeah. Yeah, he he certainly murdered some rotten people, but it's not that mm-hmm. like they deserved it for being assholes. Um yeah, I think that's interesting. Do you have any more points? Uh okay. yeah, I've got one last point. Uh it was just the Sundry Squad, or, you know, One Night I like at that. Sundry House. I like that. I like uh, when you come up with those clever names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, which, first off, just, yeah, Malcolm was pretty awful. But, um, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, Joe ends up getting brought to this elitist little club to mingle with the who's who of internet fame of London. It's uh, quite a hodgepodge of characters, and I'm really interested to see them all get fleshed out this season, hopefully. Uh, maybe some of them literally fleshed out, <laughs> like Malcolm, too soon. Um, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them are really interesting. Of course, there's uh, Simon Sue, which is just the biggest douche nozzle, sure I think, was. so far. Where his response to Malcolm introducing him to Jonathan, in quotes, uh, is he just looks up from his phone and says, I have too many friends. Ugh. Come back when one is dead. Like, uh-huh. uh, okay. Um, of course, which that last part that he says, along with his sister after that, telling him, to, uh, telling Malcolm to fuck off and die. A little early seeds in what looks to be that murder mystery thing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they did plant a little seeds, you know, with all the different characters throughout this night as well where you because we have that moment where joe's getting those messages and he's even thinking back to like things people had said that night before and it's like oh could it be um so there's a character uh rolled walker burton uh i'm very interested interested to see more of him we didn't see much at all just like a kind of a little explanation of who he was as he was like talking to people but we didn't get any interaction with rolled and Mm -hmm. joe in this first episode but why I'm interested in him is he's played by Ben Wiggins, who played the character of Nick in the Christmas zombie musical, Anna and the oh. Apocalypse, that we recently covered as like a joint episode between uh, Dead Cast slash Cast of Us and Run for Your Lives. So, right. <laughs> you just me, Daphne, Jason, and Lucy covered that movie, and he was in that. So, I was like, immediately, it was like one of those, you know. Leo DiCaprio hey, putting at the screen moments. Yeah, I'm like, that guy, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> I had one of those two during this. Yeah. Like, I know who that episode. is. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, interested to see what happens. Uh, I liked Joe quickly tossing the drugs into the plant. Some good, <laughs> subtle comedy. Uh, <laughs> don't want it. Just like, I, I don't want this. Uh, uh, we get you know the uh the cutting social satire mm-hmm. the show does so well uh that's definitely going to yeah. be a part of the season i'm sure um especially the character of Gemma. her line where she says my cousin killed someone on accident of course it was just a homeless person which god if she did that now she'd be canceled uh, <laughs> it's like yeah there's yep. there's the social satire I yep. <laughs> um and yeah joe gets Drunk, all caps, drunk. Um, because Phoebe just keeps giving him more and more absinthe as the night goes on, and he's straight up tripping. And it's funny because then Malcolm's talking shit about Marianne, and I again another those mm. inner voice monologue things that I could have been part of those quotes earlier. If I could move, <laughs> I'd kill this guy. <laughs> well, that's why it's so easy for him to believe it too, because I mean, he was really saying some shit right. things about Marianne, and he was having those thoughts, you know. So he's like, oh, I. Just must have done it in a blackout, you know. I was already angry about what he was saying, so yeah. that's why he, you know. So it made sense that he'd make that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last note I have on that uh, is the scene which Joe with I guess it's Adams, which is the owner. Um, Adam yeah. Pratt was the owner of Sundry House, and he's the other American. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Ah. Uh, yeah, so I guess it was Adam's coat, but he's got this big, fuzzy, colorful coat on him. And it's like Joe sitting there was with that, that coat. The best. Was just a funny it was visual hilarious. To me. But then during that scene, that's when he goes, I can't find my phone. And 
on the second watch, I'm putting things together and going, hmm, is someone putting this FNS app on your phone right there at this time? Is that when that happened? Ooh. Your phone's gone. Who's got it? Uh, <laughs> Good connection. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I I feel like as I think about it more, I think I'm a little suspicious of Adam, the uh, American who owns mm-hmm. Sundry House. He's the one that I was pointing to, like the Leo DiCaprio meme. Oh, hey, him, it's him, uh-huh. it's him. He was in uh, season one of White Lotus. Yeah. That's what I know him from. He's okay. been in some yeah. other things. He's really kind of getting to be fairly well known um, after that. Um, and mm-hmm. if, if it's the only thing I had seen him in. So if he was in something before that, I, I don't know. Um, I didn't go look up everyone on IMDb, but that's what I knew him from. White Lotus season one was so fantastic. Encourage everyone to go watch that. But uh, I don't know. I'm a little suspicious of him. He was wearing his coat. Like, you know, could he have given him his coat, taken his phone? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So. And I don't know, just the, yeah. you know, no, I don't know, something about him maybe being American and the way that he was, yeah, there can, there only, can only be, be one, one American here. over here, fella, <laughs> you're, you're all over my territory. <laughs> but I don't know, just the way that, um, I mean, they were all like, like, except for Phoebe, Phoebe was, I thought, sweet. I mean, she was still like kind of out of touch as, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's, I guess, grown up the way that she has is but she she seemed to actually be kind of a sweet person um to to joe versus everyone else who all just seem like shit um but i don't know just something about the way he looked at joe i don't know i was just kind of like hmm you know so i don't know he he definitely you know just brought up the little pricklies on the back of my neck as to um you -hmm. know that maybe he he could be one that had something to do with Malcolm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm interested to kind of learn a little bit more about the rest of them too. Um, we've got Blessing, um, and you mentioned Simon and Sophie, uh, Lady Phoebe, Kate. We haven't really talked much about Kate. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. She- she's strange. Kate's strange mm-hmm. to me. She's not very friendly. But in a way that it's hard to read, like she's you're like, I feel like if I was to talk to her, it'd be the same as kind of Joe feels is like <laughs> either she hates me or really likes me. And I can't tell which, yeah. but it's one or the and other. He's fascinated like, with her to a point, which we know anyone, which <laughs> you made a good point. He refers to Kate as her and he's still referring to Marianne as you. So I feel like Marianne is still his current mm-hmm. obsession, but he can't. He can't help with being very curious. Maybe he's not obsessed yet, but he's definitely very curious about Kate, you know, seeing her across the the courtyard there in their building. And, um, you know, he seems to definitely be caught up in her just a little bit. So she, she's interesting. Yeah. So I, I want to learn a little bit more about her, too. I think she's going to be an interesting character. Um, that's awesome. Any other yeah. notes? Sorry, I jumped right in there on the on yours. Um, no, you're good. No, that was, yeah, uh, yeah. Just kind of some other notes that just kind of off the beginning of the episode where you know Professor Joe or excuse me <laughs> Jonathan Moore, um, which it does seem strange to see him in his setting, but it makes sense. Uh, and honestly, this is kind of the life he should be living. I feel like like he's the perfect literary professor. He's great yeah, at it. He's actually passionate there. about it. It's just a shame that he's a homicidal maniac, you know, like if there was just not that. 
Um, <laughs> right. Um, you know, but England, even just being in England, is like totally. it suits him very well. Again, aside from the whole murdery obsessing, he's got the thing. whole look, the beard. Uh, you know. He's got a little bit of longer hair. Which, by the way, Penn Badgley just looks smoking this season. Mm-hmm. I'm digging the beard and the little bit of the longer <laughs> hair. I mean, that's working. But it definitely mm-hmm. um, plays into the professor kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, and then the only other thing was kind of a little section. Um, New for you, but a music section, because I think I haven't really done one of these properly since Sweet Tooth. Uh, But I wanted to bring that out because, damn, if they didn't come hard Mm -hmm. with the music choices in this first episode, Uh, hopefully the whole season, because right off the bat, the episode uh, opens with Oxford Comma by Vampire Weekend. Good, appropriate. I liked it. Good opener for coming into London. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, even has like a line there at like the end or something about, you know, uh Lil John uh tells the mm-hmm. truth or whatever, you know, and he's and then he explains and then he introduced himself as Jonathan Moore. So it was a really interesting thing there. But yeah, so the other one's um <clears throat> song is uh, Strangers by Roosevelt as he's walking through London, uh back to his apartment and getting set up there. Um then as he's standing in his kitchen, staring at his neighbors, uh, The Kids Are All Dying by Phineas, which I love that song so much. One of my favorite albums of last year, uh, which Phineas being Phineas O'Connell, Billie Eilish's brother. I was going to say, that's Billy's yes. brother, right? Yeah. I love, I haven't heard <laughs> his music, but I've seen it's so um, good. him. Well, I mean, he... Because he does the production for her albums too, so yeah, he's brilliant. They're mm-hmm. they're really. I mean, God, they're so freaking young. I'm just like, what am I doing with my life <laughs> that these two very young people are so freaking brilliant yeah. with their music making? Um, he, I got to see him a concert whenever my daughter and I went to go see Billie Eilish. He was mm. obviously there, and he's yeah. amazing. So I was really thrilled to hear that he's coming out with his own music. I hadn't heard it yet, yeah. but that's yeah. His debut album came out last year. It's called Optimist. Check it out. It's incredible. I will. Uh, I think I think he's I think they're great. I love yeah. everything that they do. Yeah. Uh and then there's a song called Night Drive by Rob Simonson that we get literally like a second of. It's really funny. It starts playing and then Joe's coffee steams because he's like watching Kate and he's like and then he's like it breaks him out of it and pulls him away and the music stops. I thought that was a really fun little thing. Um then as he's walking through Paris, looking for Marianne, there's a song called Paris Tropical by Minuet. Uh, when he goes to Sundry House, the song is Vacation by Travel. That one was really fun. Uh, and then later as he's in Sundry House, The Ocean Floor by Sky Civilian is playing. Uh, see, of course, when he's really drunk on Absinthe, anybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heads will roll. Come on. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I mentioned, yeah, I like it. Cardi B, Bad Bunny, J Balvin. Der- Classic. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, at the end of the episode when he's sitting or at the table with these people trying to, you know, he's realizing that somebody at this table with him is the killer. And the song is called Killer by Valerie Broussard. And those lyrics are really cool, too. Something about, you know, you're a killer and then I have to be a killer, too. It was just this really cool. I was like, man, so that fits so well. Yeah, it does. It really fit the moment. I love when they can do that. Mm-hmm. And it really fits. 
So yeah, so just at least, so I'm bringing back the music section at least for this episode because I thought it warranted it because there's a lot of great music choices this episode. That's great. I love I love when you when you highlight the music um, when it's appropriate for um, the shows and episodes that that really bring it because um, obviously we're big music lovers here. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about um, you mentioned it earlier and you mentioned it now and you were going through the music the Cardi B song. Um, I because re- I didn't know this and but I was reading about it um, while I was looking up some things. So I was trying to see if there was any like news. Uh, I knew I was kind of going on dangerous territory, but I was just trying to very quietly tiptoe to see if there was anything without getting spoiled um, on the first five episodes. But I didn't know this, but there, um, Cardi B and Penn Badgley have this like Twitter friendship. Oh, things nice. <laughs> that's been going on for the last couple of years. So a lot of folks are speculating and thinking that Penn Badgley was like, Cardi B has to be in this episode because she's, um, I think, ex- and I don't have like the tweets in front of me or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I think she has expressed um, interest in being in you, the series, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and again, they've had kind of this back and forth on Twitter, this fun little friendship um, for a couple of years now. So. A lot of folks are are convinced that it was his idea to have that song there. Throw like, her music in there is a little Cardi. Cardi B yeah. was in you, so. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be really cool if she really did. I mean, I'd love I'm to gonna, see her just show up for like an episode or something. Yeah, I'm gonna pee my pants if she pops up somewhere um, in in the season. So I don't know if that was his way of having her in the show or if maybe she really will pop up somewhere i don't know but um mm-hmm. a lot of people are like oh yeah that had to be his idea um because it, it's not what i would have expected of a song choice right. for, for that particular scene um i mean i think you can do some interesting things with music and kind of throw off expectations of what you think might play during a scene like that and, right. and play something like this um but so i thought that was kind of an you know interesting i was like well that's fun you know, that um, that they would do that or if, if that was why that that song was in that scene because of their friendship. Yeah. A um, couple notes that I had. Speaking of that scene, when Cardi B's song is playing, is it just me or has they have they amped up the gore a little bit? With like, Yeah, it was pretty scenes. like it, it felt like watching a scene in Dexter. It really did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we're big fans of Dexter. We covered New Blood here. And, you know, I've other shows, you know, have, you know, watching like Fargo or something, you know. But I was just, I, I don't think I was expecting it in this show, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was a little icky. Uh, was it season three or was it season two? when? Joe, was it the meat grinder or what did he use in the shop of the grocery store that Love's parents own? Oh, yeah. He, but I don't so that know that it too, got as yeah. grotesque. I feel like, yeah, it was pretty, pretty like knowing what was going on. It was like, ew. But this, I don't know, something about this scene where he's dismembering uh, Malcolm, <laughs> yeah. it was very gory. I was mm-hmm. not ready. I was about like, you know, Joe throwing up in the sink over there. Um, yeah, he, how does he just get lucky? Like the dude just happens to go off to go watch a soccer game just when he needs him to, and he has just enough time to dispose of his body. Um, 
I don't know. Joe just keeps mm-hmm. getting lucky. And I also read that London is the most surveilled city in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, like CCTV the, is everywhere. Yes. Like the amount of cameras that are in London versus like the population of London. Mm-hmm. It's like the most surveilled city. And I'm thinking, if Joe doesn't get caught in London, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mm. running I around mean, the warehouses saw- and then like, Throwing body parts in the river behind neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, like they have to, there has to be some sort of um, uh, camera footage of Malcolm going to his house, not leaving or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or, or Joe running around with a dead body uh, or throwing body parts into the river. I'm just like, okay, it's already kind of sketchy with the world that we're in today with all the technology and the cameras and everyone has, you know, cameras and social media, you know, they're always recording something. People have, yeah. um, you know, like the ring doorbells and things. There's always something around. And, and like in last season of Madre Linda, remember how, you know, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Natalie's husband um, was like hacking into the computer or into the cameras all over Madre Linda because yeah. you know, there's cameras everywhere. You know, so did we not learn anything, you know? (laughs) Um, So, but of course, Joe hasn't yet gotten caught for any of that. Um, I was really happy Joe made it through the first episode without masturbating. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a part that I don't miss necessarily. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, growth. Joe is, he's growing. Good, Good for you. That might change in another episode, but hey, we got through episode one and no masturbating in the bushes. (laughs) Um, You were talking about how drunk Joe got. I love how they depicted being under the influence. Did that feel accurate or what? Yeah, where you're just kind of staring off into space and someone's talking to you and you're like, you look interested. And then he's like, in his head, he's like, I have no idea what she's talking about. And next thing you know, he's like in a different conversation with somebody else. He's like, what's, how did I get here? Where? Okay, cool. Just roll with it. <laughs> yes. The way yeah. <laughs> the way that Joe was hearing I know that they weren't really talking that way, but the way Joe was hearing them, like they sound like they're talking really slow and mm-hmm. um, and you're just kinda like, What? And yeah, not knowing how you got from one conversation to another conversation over here with this person, you know, being yeah. very disoriented, um, how the camera kind of swayed just very slowly because you yeah. me i'll speak for myself i know when i've very much went way too far in indulging myself you know you feel like like i'm like you feel like you're moving so i'm always like can people like am i really moving or does it just feel like i'm moving like is someone looking at me and i'm really <laughs> swaying back and forth or is it like just my head like <laughs> vision swaying back and forth <laughs> um, yeah. but i thought it was really on point and really really funny and very relatable um so i liked that um yeah he has that moment where yeah he stands he's like okay time to go and he stands up and then he's like oh i'm more drunk than i thought i was like yep i've been there <laughs> you're like i'm fine and you stand up and like nope i'm gonna sit back down that is not <laughs> not okay i'm not ready to go <laughs> i'm just gonna stay right here someone's gonna have to carry me because yeah or 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 hold on to me yeah yeah i can i've unfortunately said that way too many times 
Um, and one last note, it's not really, um, it's more almost news um, than anything, but I don't really have, again, I didn't find anything that stood out and I wasn't going to go diving too deep because I didn't want to get spoiled. Um, so this is more news-ish, but just for anyone who maybe is not aware about season four, they're doing something a little different this season than what they've done other seasons. And if you've um, watched the first episode or even beyond the first episode, you've noticed that there's only five episodes right now. So you is doing something uh, that seems to be becoming a little bit of a trend with some other mm. shows and other streaming services, even where they're splitting the season. Um, so if you were not aware, um, part one, one of season four is available now, the first five se- or five episodes of season four. And then they're going to have part two that's going to then be available March 9th. So they'll drop the remaining uh, episodes then. Um, we're going to be covering um, each episode individually. Last season, we covered two episodes um, per podcast episode. We're just going to cover one. And that's going to, um, if we cover it weekly, that's going to bring us right into um, part two when it comes out on March 9th. So just so everyone's kind of aware of how we're going to do that. Um, but just thought it, you know, in case someone di- wasn't aware, cause I don't, I don't think that they announced it till pretty late. Like when they said, or when they announced the premiere date, um, yeah. that they were going to split it. Um, so, and be, I, I'm, I wish they had maybe given a little bit more of a heads up because, you know, it's like, well, that's something that they haven't done before. Um, so, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're kind of Stranger doing Things that a was bit. that. That yeah. was the first time they've done it that way too. Was this last season? Yeah, which they did it just because they hadn't finished those last two episodes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they needed that extra time to get in the post work because <laughs> they weren't finished. Yeah, and they they had a a divide there, but it was only for the last two episodes. It's yeah. not like they split it in the middle, which was um, yeah, just funny. So yeah, they did something a little different. So that's going to kind of give us a little bit of time to cover this first part before the second part drops. So it works nicely for us. I honestly yeah. wish more shows would do it. I really wish, or um, uh, streaming services and shows and series would do that. Because um, it's hell as a podcaster when all your episodes drop at one time. So. <laughs> You're like, well, well, we'll catch up eventually. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there with everyone else after everyone's already yeah. moved on to something else. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like, you know, like somewhere I go weekly for like work, I end up having conversations with the people who work like the therapists and stuff there that are like, let's talk about TV shows. And so and they we usually like a lot of the same shows. And so then it becomes like, all right, what episode did you do this week? OK, we can talk about that one. But like, I'm going to try not to spoil anything ahead because they've already, already like, binged the whole season. Yeah. So then they're like, so that's. Which luckily this week I've got the heads up because uh, the person I usually talk to about you is doing a rewatch of you right now. And she's still in like season two right now. So she hasn't caught up so to watch it yet. So she's like, we can probably talk about those first two episodes next week. Whenever you come in, I'll catch up by then. But she's like, but right now you've seen more than I have. So that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know what that's like to be ahead of someone <laughs> on any show because there's so yeah. many shows that I either haven't had a chance to watch. It's on my list or. You know, we're covering one of these shows that we're on a week to week and someone's already finished it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to excuse myself from this conversation. I cannot listen to what you're mm-hmm. about to say. Um, well, that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. So like yesterday I was there and I was like, wait, so 
and we can't talk about you because now I, I'm going to spoil stuff for you if we talk about it. Dang, it's weird to be in the other seat. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> Never been there. That's funny. It's really funny. All right. Well, if we don't have any other notes, um, and like I said, I did not go digging too hard. I, I looked on the surface, did not see anything that really stood out. Um, so no news for this week. Maybe we'll have something during the split um, before we get into part two. Um, so that takes us into listener feedback. I'm excited to have um, some of the listener feedback. I certainly have missed all of our listeners, I've missed you guys so much. So I'm really excited to hear that. Um, and I did put up posts just before we get to listener feedback. Um, just as an FYI, I put up um, a, a comment thread for each of the first five episodes that we have so far. I, I didn't put up the others because we don't have them yet. I'm honestly not even sure how many um, episodes are in this um, or in season four yet. Um, I don't know I that I think I, went it's, that hard. I think it's is 10. It, is it 10? I think they're doing a five and five split i'm pretty oh. sure yeah well that makes sense there probably is i i yeah. didn't want to go too far and look but um they don't have titles yet that i've seen so i just thought well yeah. we'll just do the first five and then when the second part drops march 9th i'll post um comment threads for the other so that way if you guys watch ahead you know we're going to be doing it week to week but if you guys want to go ahead and just keep watching and keep watching and leave comments or feedback as you go that's how we're going to um, post those. So hope to keep hearing from you guys. Um, but with that being said, Pink, you want to take this first one for me? All right. This one comes from Doug Fick. Says, "Hello, me lady and me lad. Happy New Year and all that." I'm doing an English accent, so read accordingly. I am. I'm on it. It's going to be bad, but Pink. I'm going to go for it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. If, uh, our UK listeners uh, either. Let me know if I did a decently good job, or I am sorry and I apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> hey, you understood the assignment. You just keep, you're doing a fine job. <laughs> keep going. I might as well. Um, so yeah, again, UK listeners, you're welcome, or I'm deeply sorry. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to ate this so bad and all that rubbish, but no, the cold open was smashing. And, in particularly, and I particularly loved the day drinking aspect of London. I guess if you live in England, you grow your hair and have a big side swoop over one side. What? No masturbation pillows in England? Right. Joe apparently has embraced his identity as opposed to trying to... All right, I got lost. <laughs> Joe apparently has embraced his identity as opposed to trying to escape it like in season three. Hard to, uh, hard to blend in if you are a teacher at university. I loved when Joe mutters, which of these people do I hate the most? I actually yelled, you! Production values, spit spot. And finally the hat. <laughs> Though a bowler would have been a nice touch, the kill gave me Dexter vibes, and Marion, Madam Librarian, ode to the music man, oh bloody hell I am in again. Cheerio all, looking forward to Joe's shenanigans and chicanery, we'll be listening for the pod on my mobile. <laughs> mobile? I don't know. How do you pronounce things? <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> so great. <laughs> I loved it. If that means mm -hmm. anything maybe not but so, I, i'm and i'm so glad you had that one and not me <laughs> if my accent has offended anyone send all complaints to doug fick <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> that was great so good to hear from doug it's been a while yeah so thanks doug uh don elizabeth says i love that the season is set in london the buildings and scenery look great what a library. I agree. Um, Joe still has his magic hat. 
snort. <laughs> of course, we couldn't have a normal episode with Joe. He had to kill someone. Or did he? It reminds me of the game Clue, and I'm ready for episode two. Glad you and Pake are back. Thank you, yeah. Don. We're, we're happy to be back. And I'm glad I'm not the only one that um, had the Clue comparison. Yeah. I love a good murder mystery, so uh, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm super excited. Like I said earlier, I hope they make this the theme for the season and don't just like wrap it up really quick. I like the murder mystery aspect. Make it the whole season, please. I'm I'm there for it, too. I totally agree. Okay, so we got an email from Gail, and she says, Hello, Rima and Paik. Uh, so good to have another season of the show to chat about together. I've missed you, too, and have been looking forward to hearing you again on the podcast. Thank you. I've missed you, too. Um, in the opener, we find Joe, or rather Jonathan Moore, teaching literature at what is presumably Cambridge. We are in- introduced to a few of his students and find that the focus of their study is work um, on redemption. There is a quick reference to Ted Chang. Mr. Chang wrote a wonderful book of short stories called Exhalation on the subject. It's really worth the read. Here are a couple of excerpts that I think may inform some of what we see. Um, in quotes, nothing erases the past. There is repentance, there is atonement, and there is forgiveness. That is all, but that is enough. Um, another quote, pretend that you have free will. It's essential that you behave as if your decisions matter, even though you know they don't. The reality is, isn't important. What's important is your belief, and belief, believing the lie is the only way to avoid a walking coma. Civilization now depends on self-deception. Perhaps it always has. I think this is going to be a thematic heavy season all wrapped up in a clue like murder mystery. So far, the themes they seem to be setting up are what is a good man, the fallout of childhood trauma, is redemption possible or real, can we be anything other than what we are, is there free will, and beware the guru. Um, She says, what is a good man? The episode starts off with glimpses into Joe's tragic delusional world he still clings to his habits while sanctimoniously justifying his contradictory behavior he spies on his neighbors while assuring himself that the way to avoid entanglement is to know every detail about them he persists in seeing himself as a good person who is a victim of other people's bad behavior and misunderstanding he is so detached and that after he chases a terrified woman corners her and uses force against her to remove her only means of protection he tells her with great sincerity that he thought she would be happy to see him. He ruthlessly demeans and criticizes everyone around him while taking comfort in his specialness and superiority. While his monologues are meant to be funny, they are increasingly cruel and unsettling. The Fall of Childhood Trauma We are introduced to another survivor of childhood trauma, Reese Montrose, who writes a very on-the-nose book called A Good Man. The book is presumably about his recognition that he wasn't one and his efforts past and ongoing to become one he can be proud of. There is an instant connection and chemistry between the two and Reese identifies that he understands Joe because he recognizes another person who lived through a childhood that not everyone survives. This is rather the point. Did Joe survive his childhood? Was any part of his goodness preserved or was it entirely swallowed up by pain and delusion? Is there any whole part deep inside Joe that he can build on, or is his only choice to craft a different surface like Jonathan Moore that is objectionable and murdery? Weighty questions. I think it's great the show is actually acknowledging that Joe is Joe because of the trauma and abuse he endured growing up. I hope they actually have the courage to dive into this and explore it in a meaningful way. Fingers crossed. 
Is redemption possible or real? Joe is shocked that Marianne is not more grateful for him killing the inconvenient husband who was hell-bent on taking her child. I cheered when Marianne connected all the pieces and described Joe for what he is, a murderer. For any kind of redemption to occur, a person first needs to admit that they were in the wrong. Then they need to atone for what they did, whether they receive punishment or forgiveness or not. So far, Joe has not been capable of any of these things. Can we be anything other than what we are? Is there free will? Joe is enjoying flirting with being someone different. He grows a beard, takes on a false identity, and pretends to have an interest in the development of young people. But that's all it is, pretending. He praises himself for letting Marianne go, not once, but twice, as though it is some kind of heroism that he chooses not to murder an innocent woman. But of course, the minute things go sideways, out comes the baseball cap, and he's off on a trip to Table Saw City. (laughs) (laughs) Joe is who he is. He has a hopeful discussion with Reese about being other than what he is, but it's a conversation he has had before. Joe has succeeded in killing or maiming everyone who ever suggested alternatives. The entire series has depicted Joe catching a glimpse of the real and immediately retreating to and surrendering to his delusions. His delusions keep him as he is and content with things as they are. Is he capable of change? Can he ever be anything other than he is? That is the question underlining the whole show, and it will be interesting to see how the writers ultimately come down on a decision about this. Beware the guru. Reese is slick, popular, and an admitted liar who is seeking power. Inquiring minds want to know what else he is lying about. Any answers he has for Joe are bound to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing the pyrotechnics that are sure to come. Random thoughts. I was so relieved that they did not show Joe fixating on a student. Poof. Joe's Mm -hmm. inner monologue is on point as always. Absinthe is just alcohol. Gets you drunk. Doesn't make you hallucinate or murderous. That stump penis was just gross. Maybe it's the menopause (laughs) talking. (laughs) Um, You look like a Jonathan. In middle school, I told a boy he looked like a John. Took me a couple of weeks to figure out why the surrounding adults keeled over laughing. (laughs) Kate reminds me of the girl from Fleabag. That's a stellar watch if you have not already seen it. Um, Side note, I have. And yeah, she does. She looks like Phoebe Waller-Bridge a little bit. Got that kind of look to her. I love Fleabag. I'm doing another rewatch of that right now. Good observation. Um, the title is A Rip of Death Takes a Holiday. Oh, she has a link for that. Um, um, if I was Elliot, I wouldn't try to kill Joe either. Bet that blackmail thing works out well for him. I'm embarrassed to admit that I've taught countless people the phrase, not my circus, not my monkeys. I truly hope they have had better success in building their ba- boundaries than Joe. Looking forward to the podcast. Cheers, Gail. Love it. <laughs> Gail, that was a stunning observation. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. Thank you, guys. We did get a couple of voice messages, too. First one we have is from our good friend, Steve. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is going to be for you, uh, Season 4, Episode 1. I just finished binging Season 3, so... Oh, see, I kept my eyes closed when he cut his toes off in the last episode of season three, and now we had to see it in the recap. (laughs) This conversation between this British guy and Jonathan, Professor Moore, hilarious. And how much sometimes it's hard to tell when he's talking in his head and when he's not. (laughs) He just said Hugh Grant movie and Notting Hill. I was thinking the exact same thing. 
his douchebag friend right across from, from him. Oh, he's watching a woman masturbate again. He's going to become obsessed. <laughs> Does this universe not have curtains? So what clued him in to go to France? Do we know that? <laughs> Artists, right. All artists go to France. So you're still looking for Marianne. You think she's still in London. How long have you been in London? And of course, now you've saved this woman's life. It's like how cats sense you're nervous and jump right in your lap. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> Rolled. Stoot. Oh, I bet they put something in his drink. Okay, so I hope they don't drag this out like all season, what he did to Marianne. Oh, yeah, absinthe, I've heard. I don't drink it. Oh. He did it? He killed Malcolm? Or was it him? Oh, and that was the writer guy leaning up against the wall there. Oh, somebody just said his name. No, it wasn't the writer guy, it was this guy. Okay, so this guy gave him the Jonathan Moore identity. Catchy was too quick, did he cut her? Oh, he stole the locket that he has. It's so funny that people keep catching him drifting off into his own thoughts. <laughs> Love, that escalated quickly. Oh, so the plot thickens. He didn't kill Malcolm, but somebody else did, and they watched him dispose of the body. Okay, on to episode two. Nice. Yes. <laughs> the good yeah, absinthe I, can give you hallucinations. Uh, um, yeah, I've just had the, like, kind of cheap yeah liquor store stuff yeah. if you have i think whatever you can purchase here in america um it's not quite the same no i do like steve that you pointed out the <clears throat> people noticing that he was drifting off into his thoughts and inner voice because yeah that was because kate does that i remember that one was like where'd you go <laughs> like in the middle of talking to him i thought that was funny yeah <laughs> so great almost almost kind of like breaking the fourth wall a little bit right yeah Reminds me of Scrub. I'm a huge fan of Scrubs. And that was like the big thing with Zach Braff's character of JD and Scrubs was always going off into his own fantasies. And like people would be like, hey, JD, snap out of it. You know, like. <laughs> Again, thank you all the listeners um, for the feedback. Um, I hope we get more and more as the season continues. Um, we've missed you and we're happy to be back. Mm -hmm. um, and with that being said, Next week on Strange Indeed, we are going to be covering season four, episode two of You, titled Portrait of the Artist. Mm. I don't have a description for that because I didn't want to just try to stay away from That's fine. all yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, looking forward to that. And we are recording this just a few days after. Like um, It's Saturday. The uh, first five dropped on Thursday. So we tried to get something um, quickly out for you guys since it came out. And y'all have probably already binged it by now, maybe. <laughs> so at least trying to get the first episode out. We're going to be back on Tuesday. So if you are listening to this and you want to leave um, you know, an email or a voicemail or go comment on our Facebook page, we're going to be back to our recording um, schedule of Tuesday um, starting this following week for um, episode two and for the subsequent um, episodes. So just as an FYI. Yeah. So not too long of a wait for the next episode for you guys. Yeah, we're trying to be on the ball we'll a little bit. Trying to, we're trying to do good around here. Um, so yeah, ho hopefully to hear, um, we'll hear from you guys. And if you would like to write in or leave us a message, you can find all of our contact information at podcastica.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Um, mm. So many things, including you and Daphne. Things have things have shifted a little yes. since. Yeah, we always kind of plug Run for Your Lives. Yeah. Run for Your Lives is officially a podcastica podcast now. Yay. We are on the network. So, yeah, 
I love it. I'm so excited. It's amazing. <laughs> so, so thrilled for you and Daphne that you are officially, I mean, you were already a part of the family anyway, um, being, yeah. being here. And Daphne was already a part of the family um, on other podcasts and obviously Yellow Jackets as well and other um, uh, podcasts that she's contributed to. Um, so, Handmaid's Tale, go check that out. She's absolutely crushed it on there. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was just like, well, you know. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, a shift in things since we last recorded. That was new. So, yeah, if you go to Podcastica, mm-hmm. then you're going to find Run for Your Lives, as well as the newly minted, um, what was the Walking Dead cast is now the cast of us, um, as I mentioned mm-hmm. at the top of the show. Uh, because Deadcast was originally a Walking Dead podcast, and The Last of Us is definitely kind of in that same genre of like a zom- what some might consider a zombie show. Uh, <laughs> not getting into that debate, whatever no, your no. feelings are on that, um, but definitely within that same realm. So it's kind of transformed um, a little bit, um, had a little bit of a, a logo change and name change there to incorporate with The Last of Us, which again, I can't say it enough. If if y'all aren't watching that show, I highly encourage it. It's on HBO. Yes. Streaming on HBO Max. I know. Yeah, Peak, I know you're a big fan of it, too. Um, yeah. Love it. I mean, I played both of the games mm-hmm. and I'm obsessed with those. And I've been so excited for this series. And it has not disappointed. I think it is picture perfect. Every episode has been incredible. I agree a thousand percent. Um, also a fan of the games and was really thrilled um, when they announced. and. Again, yeah, have not been disappointed yet. They um, just had the fifth episode drop a little early uh, last night because mm-hmm. Super Bowl's this weekend and not didn't want to compete. Um, so I, I don't know how they've managed to... It might be why I'm drinking a Red Bull while recording <laughs> is because I might have got like no sleep last night because I stayed up to watch the episode when I could. So worth it, though. So worth it. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really mm-hmm. great. So I don't know how they can keep raising the bar like every time you watch an episode and you're just like that was so great you know how do they how do they keep it there or keep excelling and they do craig mazin neil Druckmann, the whole team behind it all the actors um in it are it it's just amazing and i'm so honored to be a part of that rotating um round table of co-hosts that are on there each week talking about it um, because it's 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 just great, and everyone has such a passion about it. Um, you can really hear it when everyone's talking about it. So please go watch the show. Please check out um, the cast of us, um, and then all of the great um, shows. Like Pig said, he and Daphne uh, with Run for Your Lives are on there now. Um, and there's, I feel like a new podcast. I think popping up about every week. Someone we've got so many great <laughs> podcastica hosts coming out. Um, with so much content, um, yeah, podcast is growing with its own. It's, it's Showtime, Showtime folks. folks. You just got like a yeah. movie podcast for all kinds of different movies. A lot of newer releases that are coming out. People are talking mm-hmm. about people covering all kinds of newer shows coming out. Poker Face and Extraordinary. There's a lot of different stuff going on. So yeah, yeah, so much growth and so many great um, hosts. There's something for everyone. Um, do you want to tease what you and Daphne have going on with Run for Your Lives right now? Uh, what's, let's see. So released this past weekend um, on Friday, we covered a movie that is on Netflix called Eli. 
that I don't want to give away too much because it's got a really interesting mm-hmm. twist and stuff that it's hard to explain, you know, that I don't want to give too much away. But basically, it, it's about a boy who seems to have, you know, some kind of illness that he needs to go to a very special, isolated uh, medical facility to get taken care of. And of course, things are not as they seem to be. Ooh. It uh, stars uh, Kelly Riley, who people may know as Beth Dutton on Yellowstone, uh, and she's incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> I love her. Yes. So, very different character than Beth, but it's interesting to see her there. <laughs> oh, I think that's great. Good for yeah. her. Excited. So, that is the latest one. And then uh, and then if you listen to episode two, I'll, I'll plug what's coming up the next weekend. <laughs> we'll stay tuned. So. Stay tuned till the next episode of Strange Indeed to find out what's going on there. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. But all right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pete. And Thomas Whitehouse is Strange Indeed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.